So once again, welcome, welcome to our Monday night gathering. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, give me a thumbs up, okay, good. And what I'd like to share with you about tonight is about living a meaningful life. Because even, even though when we come together, often we're talking about other ways of situating this spiritual practice, like a, a, a common way is that, you know, the Buddha said he only taught two things, suffering and the end of suffering. Yet what I've noticed for myself on this path, what I notice is that it also brings a meaningful life to me. So even if, if we aren't speaking about it, maybe some of you have noticed that that through your practice of meditation or your exposure to the Dharma, it's added some kind of meaningfulness to your life. And the way I'd like to begin, let me just get this set up here, is in just a minute here, I'm gonna invite you to just put in the chat box if you have uh, access to it, what makes your life meaningful? And it could be a whole bunch of things, but to type in there, what makes your life meaningful? Or another way of putting it, this is kind of my definition of meaningfulness, of what adds wholeness to your life that brings relevance to your life? So this kind of meaningfulness, it might, it, it, you know, it might not make meaning of everything or give you the answers to this complex, mysterious thing that we're involved in, but it might give a sense of meaningfulness. So maybe to, to share there and we could see, and, and Alan, thanks for beginning with that, that Kalyanamita spiritual friendship. I can so relate to that. I, I too find meaningfulness with spiritual friends. So do feel free if, if you are close to your chat box there to, to place in there one or two things that that you find bring meaning to your life. You don't have to be grand. Great service. Yeah, connection, connection with others. And to take some time, what people are putting in there, beloved friends. I love it. Time with hands in the soil. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> That's great. Learning, yeah, curiosity brings meaningfulness. Helping others beauty that's great family and nature and i'm gonna hopefully touch upon some of these in some way too that was great working with my students just looking at all these yes and something as simple as feeding the birds too wow i want to come back to that one lisette asking that question can bring meaningfulness isn't that interesting? <laughs> Pushing out of my comfort zone, understanding my experience. So I invite you to take some time just to scroll up and down, just to see some of these answers and, and, and to see, you know, some of these you might be able to relate to, others not so much, some might resonate more than others, and just to see the, also the multiplicity here too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those. 
they're touching in some way, don't you think, when you read them? They're, they're sweet to see. At least for me, they are. And, and what I'd like to do is I, I, I want to situate some of the spiritual path as being about creating a, a meaningful life. And also to expand that process and to give some examples of this about meaningfulness in this way of adding fullness to our lives to bring relevance to our lives. And there's a few more up there that you just might want to see too in the chat box there, just being in the natural world, for example. And as an example of meaningfulness, I'm going to, you know, it's a Buddhist group, so I'm going to start with the Buddha, right? So I'm going to share with you an image that conveys uh, part of his life story, the life story that we've been given. So hopefully you can see that. Maybe can you give me a thumbs up if you can see that? Can you see that? Okay, good. Right. So what you're seeing here is a, it's a carving. It's a, a stone carving from the second century uh, in a, an area called Gandhara. And it's now the National Museum of New Delhi. And what we see here is, what you see is the Buddha is on a horse. And this takes place in his life story when he makes the decision. Some of you know the story where he's living his life in the palace, surrounded by these palace walls, protecting him from the outer world. And then he has these, these sights of the way things are. And he finally decides to leave the palace to live a spiritual life to re live the life of a renunciate. In the terms I'm giving you, he actually makes the decision to live a life that has a deeper meaning than the meanings that he's been surrounded by. It has a deeper meaning than mere success. It has a deeper meaning than power, the pleasure of consumerism. It has a deeper meaning of, than mere entertainment. And maybe you too have made such a movement, movement in your life, maybe a movement of the heart, a movement that fills your life with meaningfulness rather than maybe something like mere consumerism. And maybe you've noticed such a palace in your life that distracted you from what is truly meaningful to you. Have you noticed this? Like what I notice in my life, I'm gonna stop this just for a second. What I notice in my life is, is it can feel like I'm lost in the labyrinth of my life and I forget what's meaningful. Like here I am and here in front of me is what's so deeply meaningful. And then something catches my attention. And then it's like, you know, where'd the meaningfulness go? Or something catches my attention over here and I lose it in some way. And yet the spiritual path I feel like brings me back to this. Have you noticed this? Sometimes you're so busy running around getting things done that you never slow down to reflect what actually gives meaning to your life and how can you engage in that? 
what brings fullness of heart. And I want to point out, it's not necessarily about changing our lives. It's sometimes in the difficulties or the chaos of my life that I can still find meaning. So I want to distinguish that from things are going good. <laughs> there can be a lot of meaningfulness regardless of what's going on. And I, I want to come back to this, this image because I think there's something really interesting about it in terms of when we find something that's meaningful. And, you know, either you can take this poetically, mythically, or, or literally. If you look in the image and you'll see that there are these two beings that have in their hands the hooves of the horse. And it's said that there are these, these deities that are, are placing the, the, the hooves in their, in their hands so that the horse can walk quietly so that the Buddha won't be found out. And what I want to point out is that, have you noticed that sometimes a meaningful life feels like that in the sense of that it feels like there are these unseen forces, right? These unseen forces that are supporting you in living a meaningful life. Like there's something that feels aligned. You ever have that feeling even momentarily? There's, there's something about, I think, that's getting conveyed in that, that piece of art. And I, and I also want to be really transparent around this. One of the reasons I want to share with you at times Buddhist art is because I think it's one way as a community that we can appreciate, you know, this rich Buddhist tradition that has so much depth to it. That's been carried along by those before us. Instead of merely appropriating or dismissing the tradition that comes before us, honoring and appreciating that. And, and art, I think, conveys some of that, gives that connection. And I want to be clear, tradition is fluid. It's not like, I think there's always shadow sides to traditions that we can change and transform. So I'm not saying to be conservative, but just to simply honor and appreciate. meaningfulness, the Buddha's life, transitioning to a spiritual life to bring meaning. And then once again, I, I want to bring an image that I find very meaningful of something that conveys to me uh, an inspirational, meaningful life. And coming back to the, the slides here. If I can get it to work, second. John Lewis, who passed away last week, the US congressman, right? He was a civil rights leader in the US House of Representatives, and many called him the conscience of Congress. And lived such a, 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 a meaningful life that brought transformation 
to our country. It said that he was arrested at least 45 times. As he said, quote, never ever be afraid to make some noise and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. And he did, didn't he? He got into good trouble, necessary trouble that moved our country along. It's this image here that we see of John Lewis that actually was quite transformative. Many of you know this. This is from what's called uh, Bloody Sunday, which was a, was a civil rights march. And on March 7th, there was this conflict that happened where these troops advanced onto the protesters. And here, John Lewis is actually in the front there on his knees. And uh, I think his, um, his uh, skull was fractured from getting hit. Yet it was these images that started to move the country along to help usher in the, the, the Voting Rights Act that was passed that same year. Here's a man that lived a meaningful life. And I want to be clear, just to be cautious with this, this image I'm giving you of John Lewis. One is, I, I've, I'm so moved by his life. And yet I do want to distinguish from a meaningful life and a life that has purpose. Just for me, that word, that life has purpose. Sometimes I've seen in people's lives, there's, they don't feel like there's so much purpose in their life, but there's a lot of meaningfulness. There's a fullness there. Maybe John Lewis had both, but I, I, I do want to distinguish these. And sometimes I'm cautious about showing these images of someone like John Lewis, just in the sense of, I'm hoping that it's meant to inspire us all here. And sometimes what our minds do with inspirational stories is it can leave us with this feeling of, of our neurotic minds grab a hold of it. And then we make some story of, I'm not enough or I'm not doing enough. And then there's the confinement. You ever notice this? Life is not enough or I'm not doing enough. So I, I want to point out, like I mean this inspirationally and I don't want to um, miss out on sometimes the invisible heroes of our world that get so unnoticed that are bringing our country forward. For example, when you think of caregivers, right? Those of you here tonight who have had kids, you know sometimes how much effort it takes just to support one being. And sometimes a lot of those efforts and most of those efforts go unseen in some way. So I also, also want to uphold that as a meaningful life too, because there can be a kind of invisibility in those who are so essential to all of our lives here, right? Caregivers. That too can be meaningful. So hopefully this is stirring the question that I, I, I most, uh, I really want to leave you with, and hopefully it's a question that remains alive in your life. You know, this task of filling your life with meaningfulness. And how do you do that in particular? Because it might be different for each and every one of you.
So back to the, the Buddha in this path. As I say again and again, I've already said it. <laughs> the Buddha frames this path really clearly. He only teaches two things, suffering and the end of suffering. I love that framework. I love that story. And I'm going to be honest with you. That story and that narrative doesn't capture all the meaningfulness I get from this path. And I think this is important for us modern practitioners of how do we bring meaning to this path in a way that sometimes expands that story of what this is really about, what we're doing on a spiritual path. Yes, I get meaningfulness to that, but, but have you noticed when you meditate, there's a, sometimes a deeper meaningfulness that comes from that just doesn't fit into suffering and the end of suffering. Like, again, I want to show you some images around this. Maybe. We'll see if this works this way. There we go. Like when you see this image of the Buddha, it's, uh, uh, it's called the Tiantan Buddha. It's in, um, in the, uh, the uh, Lantu Island, which is uh, in Hong Kong. That posture and that kind of feeling sense I get from that statue, I can't put it into words, but it, it conveys something more than just a simple teaching of suffering and the end of suffering something about the spiritual path that I can feel, yet sometimes I can't find the words for. And maybe even more so when the statue is in this such a striking context. You see the statue there, and then there's, a, there's actually a forest fire going on. Something about sitting in meditation with equanimity and an open heart in the midst of turmoil. There's something here, isn't there? Yeah, maybe suffering and the end of suffering, but there's, there, for me at least, an emotional heart quality here that inspires me, that feels bigger than that. Or this, Quan Yin. So this feminine embodiment of compassion and wisdom. Look at her posture and, and the fluidity of, of the way she's standing. Yeah, this path of suffering and the end of suffering and something more. That inspires me, that moves me on this path. And I can't put it into words, but something feels meaningful about this when I see this. It inspires me the way John Lewis inspires me, but with a different flavor, a little bit different direction. What are those images that might inspire you that fill your life with fullness, with meaningfulness? You know, and as I was reflecting on this, I, what came to mind is in these modern times, Buddhism has gotten so married together with science 
which I think is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. There's really been some really interesting research done on meditation and things like that. And, and I can't help but feel that at times the stories of science feel like they confine making my life meaningful. You know, sometimes it just feels like mindfulness is a tool so that this machine remains well-functioning and efficient. That doesn't feel very meaningful to me. I feel like a cog in the capitalistic system. <laughs> or because certain areas of my brain light up. <laughs> I mean, those are interesting studies, but it, it doesn't convey like what those two previous images conveyed to me. Like when I see a brain that has certain blobs that are lit up, maybe that's meaningful, I don't know. And I wanna be cautious because I know that does, is meaningful to people, but I, I, I'm hoping to broaden with this, what this is for you in your life and expand hopefully different ways that you can reflect on this. Or another thing that many of us, I shouldn't say many of us, many people come to meditation for, which I think is a great thing so please don't misunderstand me here, is having less anxiety. But I want to point out that you can have less anxiety in your life and your life might still remain meaningless. This is important, right? If, if, I, if I get too lost in a narrow definition of suffering and the end of suffering, oh great, I don't have as much anxiety. Oh, I'm not worrying as much. But there's nothing that's moving my heart huh, maybe we're missing something. And I think this has been important for my life to reflect on it. Like, I was, I don't know if I should admit this or not, but probably from a clinical perspective, I probably have more stress in my life because of all the communities that I serve and all the things I do, like that, that, my life would be seen as a very stressful life in terms of how I engage in the things I do. And maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe I should see a psychologist, who knows? Maybe there's a bypass, but who knows? <laughs> but I'm gonna take it a different way. <laughs> Which is, yet for me, it's what makes my life meaningful. So yeah, Maybe I'm up at night because I'm stressed about something, but it's that same thing that brings meaningfulness to my life, that fills my life. And it's because I have this value, one of these meanings of my life, which some of you pointed out, which is service. I was reflecting, I think for nearly my entire adult life, I've been serving some sangha or spiritual community, whether it be through cooking or organizing or doing the advertising or cleaning or teaching engaged in some way in community in this way. And yes, maybe I'm just a product of my parents. Service was such a big value in my family of, of to serve or, you know, or to help others in some kind of manner. And I say this to point out that the easy life might not necessarily be the life of freedom that the Buddha was pointing to. And I want to say that probably the stress that I'm feeling is not the stress of dukkha that the Buddha was pointing out. It's just, it's just what it is to live a spiritual life. 
so maybe you have stress in your life, but maybe it's connected with engaging things in things that are meaningful. Think of John Lewis's life. He did not live a stressfully free life by any means for all kinds of reasons. And he probably increased his stress because he was so interested in good trouble. And this kind of meaningfulness that comes, for example, from service, I, I want to point out that I find it interesting because I don't create that kind of meaningfulness. It feels like it emerges in what I'd call the space between. I come into relationship to others or community. And some of you exper experienced this. Like you talked, many of you spoke about connection gives meaningfulness. Have you noticed how that feeling, it feels like it's, it, it emerges in the intertwining with others. I don't create it, but it arises through this relationship. And then a deeper level to this. This is um, a poem I'd like to share with you. And it was uh, a poem that was shared actually in one of the eulogies for uh, John Lewis's um, funeral. And it's a poem by Shezwa uh, Miwosh called Meaning. He begins, he says, when I die, and remember he's in some ways using a, a kind of a Christian narrative here to, 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 to convey some of this. So he begins, when I die, I will see the lining of the world, the other side, beyond bird, mountain, sunset, the true meaning ready to be decoded. What never added up will add up. What was incomprehensible will be comprehended. And if there is no lining to the world, if a thrush on a branch is not a sign, but just a thrush on the branch, if night and day make no sense following each other, and on this earth there is nothing except earth, Even if that is so, there will remain a word wakened by lips that perish, a tireless messenger who runs and runs through interstellar fields, through the revolving galaxies, and calls out protests and screams. What is he pointing to here about our human condition? Or as he says, you know, he says, poetry is no more than an unfinished whisper. What is Sheza Mimosh beginning to whisper to us? What if all this actually doesn't make sense? 
It really doesn't. And yet, can it still be meaningful, deeply meaningful? That a, a word, as he said, wakens on those lips, yes, that will perish. But it calls out in a way that's meaningful. It protests in a way. It even screams in a way that brings meaningfulness to your life. I want to give an example of this, or at least one way I understand this, this deeper sense of meaningfulness, that it's not always contingent even on meaning in some ways. Yesterday, I was at uh, Sycamore Canyon Falls. Anyone been to the Sycamore Canyon Falls or Sycamore Canyon? It's, uh, if you haven't been out there, it's so beautiful out there. And I was out there yesterday evening. And as I was there, no one else was out there. It was really quite beautiful. And, and I, as I was there, the, the moon began to rise. And it was perfectly framed by the contours of the canyon. And at one point, the full moon, it, was, it looked as if it was being interwoven into some, some uh, strings of clouds that were there. It was a deeply meaningful experience for me. I would even say that there was something sacred about it. Sacred, that was the word that was wakened by these lips that will perish. And I can't give you any other meaning than that. And yet, it fills my life. And this is why this path is so close to my heart, because it helps direct me into these mysterious, meaningful experiences. And I could use sometimes Buddhist terminology, right? I could say, oh, there was this not-self experience or the selfless nature of experience was there. Doesn't that sound kind of dry and boring though, compared to like <laughs> sacred and mysterious? At least for me, it does. And I teach this stuff all the time. Please don't get me wrong. I love talking about not-self and selflessness. I love it. But, it, but it, it's, it's not the word that, that, that wakens something. What are the words for you that get wakened with these experiences that are connected with your spiritual path? Maybe it is sacred or beauty or mystery. Aren't those too important? Do you see how it's important not to get confined just from suffering and the end of suffering? There might be whole worlds out there of meaningfulness that's important for us to touch to impel us on this path. So yes, this framework, suffering and the end of suffering, but can you take time to find what's meaningful for your life and to honor it and to find the words for it? And how do you nourish it and tend to it so it stays alive? 
whether it be this image of John Lewis or the image of Kuan Yin or the Buddha, or so many more images or feelings, or maybe the moon herself. So yeah, may, may these words bring about for all of us and for all beings a meaningful life. Thanks for your attention. So now let's just take 